What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Pixel Splitters. This is a conversation podcast that covers TV and movie news, video news, tech news, sound news, really any kind of news that we want to cover. Yeah. Uh, as always, I'm your host. Uh, my name is Willis. And uh, I'm your other host. My name is Josh. There you go. Nice save. I, I, <laughs> That's all. I'm slowly trying to take control of this podcast, Josh. Yes, exactly. Next week, I'm not even going to be on, so... It's actually a, a bi-weekly podcast now. I've just been doing them without you. <laughs> yeah. So we got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. Um, yeah. Some controversial stuff, actually, that's yeah. been going on that um, we'll have to sort of parse our feelings on. Uh, we're we're going to start out with acting awards and their gendering. I guess gendering is not a word. Gendered acting awards. Uh, you know, when, yeah, yeah. when the Oscars give out uh, a best actor and a best actress. And is that really necessary in this day and age and yeah it causes certain problems in other uh cases but oh 100 uh we're also going to weigh in on the controversial anthony bourdain documentary uh and them generating his voice via ai and sort of for lack of a better term putting words in his mouth quite literally literally yeah uh and then after that we're gonna we're gonna touch on some interesting news, well, more not news so much, just as something that's been pointed out of a lot of these streaming companies that are putting out a ton of content aren't really creating huge names uh, from scratch. Mm. They're they're reaching for big directors and, and actors and things like that, but not a lot of new talent coming out that's making their making its way in Hollywood and the industry. So, yeah. So those are our three topics. Um I, I feel like we're going to have stuff. divisive. Yeah, we're going to have <laughs> quite the conversation going on today. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the, the gendered acting awards here. Um, what are your th- thoughts on this, Josh? Kick us off. Well, so this is something that I've had thoughts about for a little bit now, especially since uh, gender fluidity has been something that is mainstream as a mainstream topic that a lot of people mm-hmm. are talking about uh it's become like kind of a human rights issue and all of that stuff and so it is one of those things as someone who consumes a lot of films and and tv you know when it comes down to these big award entities you know they do they they only split up the actor and acting awards into genders nothing else yeah. not that there can't be like a female director or a male director but they only split the the actors and the actresses up, which I always thought was actually, I didn't see an issue with it until like the past five years when I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That is weird. That's very, that's a very interesting dynamic that they're adding to the entire situation. So, I mean, personally, I think now I think it's really odd. I also don't know exactly how they're going to remedy everything because it would change the structure of a lot of things and how things are going to be chosen. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a very interesting, it's an interesting topic in the year 2021. And I mean, the reason you want to go into the reason why we're even talking about this in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go for it. So, uh, this past week, MJ Rodriguez became the first openly transgender performer to be nominated, even nominated for a lead acting category. I mm-hmm. think in any uh, like voting body, right? And yeah. It's not just Emmys. I think uh, they're up for an Emmy, but this is for all of them, all of them combined. And that has led people to kind of wonder what what's going to happen with this stuff because as non-binary people and and uh, you know people who don't necessarily identify one way or the other, it kind of it adds a little bit of a question of like what what do you do with this yeah. type of award? You know, it kind of forces people into into a box that maybe they don't want to necessarily be folded into and they don't have to be anymore yeah now it we all realize that gender is kind of like a uh and i don't want to get too political even though this is not a political statement but gender is not something that has to be determined like by your biology 
if if that yeah. makes any sense. So Absolutely. so especially in the year 2021, because I know there was another someone who is non-binary, and I oh Asia Kate Dillon actually mm-hmm. brought this up as a non-binary person who was up for a couple Emmys, and they were kind of given the option to choose <laughs> whether they wanted to go for an actor and actress award. Yeah, which also begs the question: Then what? What's the point? If yeah. if there's you know if there really is nothing, and I have no issue with that, but why split it if there's no distinction between yeah. one or the other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the, that's the big thing is like, I feel like the only thing that splitting actor or actress categories up at all, the only thing that it has going for it is that's what's traditionally been done, which that's a terrible reason to do anything, you know, and it's terrible. certainly worth uh, worth reviewing for sure. I mean when we said we were going to talk about this, I kind of like tried to play devil's advocate in my head of like, okay, but like, why do we want to have this separated? I couldn't really come up with anything outside of that's the way it's been done, which again is terrible. And the only other thing I could come up with was like, I guess it it, it does offer more of a chance for a performance to, to win. Mm -hmm. And if no other reason, then like you're, you know, there are, 10 people up for two awards right as opposed for one person up or five people up for one or you know like there's Mm -hmm. more awards to give out but again that like that's like that's something that's easily rectifiable yeah like okay so you can do what they did with the best picture nomination a few years ago and just be like let's just go up to 10 like why not why not just have one or you know i this is going to sound dumb, but like split it like the Emmys do and do comedy and drama or something like that. Like there's other ways to sort of parse this um, without having to bring gender into it at any capacity. Totally. I mean, and, and as we both know, Hollywood is is fraught with, uh, you know, patriarchy and lots yeah. of misogyny. So it probably stemmed from a place of, well, let's give them a chance also type of deal. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but I can only assume which at this point is like, what? What are you talking? What are you talking about? Like that? If yeah. that's the reason why it was made, then that doesn't make any sense then, and yeah. it doesn't make any sense now. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's got to have stemmed from some sort of like sexism of being like, oh, I mean, it, I, you know, <laughs> what what you said makes a lot of sense. Of yeah. it was just, well, there's actors, but you know, a lot of women are getting into acting as well. So what right. if we had an award for them, which I really hope no one ever takes that co- quote out of context on me. Oh yeah. come uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> But it's antiquated at this point, which, you know, I think that's something we're seeing in Hollywood a lot in the past couple of years is like, well, let's look at the stuff that's antiquated and see what we can do to modernize it. At the very least, I feel like the conversation on this is, is gaining steam. So I think that's like yeah. a pretty good step. Hundred percent. And just going back to what I said at the beginning, like they don't break the awards up by gender for any other category. Yeah. Why is that? Like, if they're doing it for acting, why? Why? I just don't. Yeah. It, there's no. It's not like oh, if you're a woman, acting requires a different set of skills. You know. Right. It's not like you know sound design and like. Sound editing. That's a terrible example because that has added all the conflict <laughs> recently. But like, like we'll say cinematography and art direction. Like, sure, you know, yeah. like it's those are different skill sets. But like acting is acting across the board. I don't know. It's I don't know. The cracks are showing in all of this stuff, and I mean mm-hmm. both the Globes and and now. Well, every single voting body essentially is under fire for stuff that yeah. has to do with race and sexism and stuff like that. And I think for a long time, since it was like the Oscars, the Academy Awards, it's the arts, it's liberal, it's you know yeah. something that people are like, oh, you're free to express yourself. Well, that's not, you know, <laughs> in the world yeah. as we know it in America, that's not always how things go. So it makes total sense that people kind of just brushed it off. Like myself, even, up until... Yeah. The, uh, the past few years, it never crossed my mind as to why they did that, even though it's completely ridiculous. It makes yeah. absolutely no sense. Um, you think they're afraid that more women are going to start winning? Like the like I best mean, actor? Like, <laughs> it's one of those things that's like, 
you can put any number of best actors, like male actors, in a lineup and then put Meryl Streep in there and it's like it's an entirely different ballgame all of a sudden. You know what 100%. I mean? Like it's it's yeah. I don't know that there's a fear to it, but like it would be hilarious if they changed it to just a best actor category for like an all encompassing one and then like women or non binary people just like dominated year after year after year and they're Incredible. like, Well, we have to switch it back out now. Now we gotta go. There hasn't been a male winner in twenty five years. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be the thing. I mean, hey, if they, oh, this is leading me to a lot of different thoughts because, like, if, what if they? I obviously this is going to happen. They can't not make this change. Yeah. But what if they start just like spite, like doing just white guys? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the tough thing, and like, it's we've talked about this before of the Oscars and the Emmys and the Tonys are all like the awards are decided by a voting body, which is not going to like be unanimous and forward thinking completely all the time. You know, like, right. There are a lot of terrible straight white men. Yeah. In the Academy. Like, you know, that's why they had to do the freaking golden globes ruling where they were like, no, you literally have to change the way your voting body is structured. (laughs) Oh God. So, I mean, it's it's tough to it's it's nice to see the change coming. Um, yeah, because it's tr- it's a yeah. big thing. Like what if once they make this change to whatever you know yeah. kind of uh, award entities there are, that's going to change literally everything. Yeah, like you that's can a, that's a have two shift. women win best actor in the same year. That's never happened before. Um, oh, do you think there'd there'd be two acting categories? Let, let's let's go here. Let's discuss like how you think they do it. I think they would have to, I feel like they'd have to still do 10 people, nominees, Mm -hmm. and I think they would have to give out- Well, still, right now it's only five. Well, well, 10 between both. They'd have to be, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, I got you. And then I almost feel like they would have to give two out because it's like you used to have the opportunity, like there used to be opportunity for two people to win these awards. Yeah. So now if there's a bunch of people- Going for the same award, I I guess it's it's not. And that's sort of that's what I was toying with at at the top when we were talking here is like, it is a weird thing because it narrows people's ability to win the best actor award. Mm -hmm. So do you think they would do five and do random five? I I think they definitely do ten. I think like that's you know especially because there's precedent with best best picture. I think they definitely go to ten. But I think yeah. It it would only be one. It makes it that much more prestigious. Fair you know, enough. Of yeah. like you are the best actor of this year. True. Um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, then it's a much larger field and you get into things where like those career actors that have never won an Oscar and do their Oscar movie and you're like, oh, this is definitely, you know. Right. Um, like I, th- I think of like Gary Oldman when he hadn't won anything, or Leonardo DiCaprio when he hadn't won anything for like the longest time. True. And I'm I do I am aware that I just named two white men, um, but those are just the <laughs> uh, examples that pop to the top of my head. But but white guys are the only ones who have had the opportunity to win that many awards. So like or, or that many chances. So no, I think it's totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. It's a this is this is really interesting because this would change the way that every i mean this would probably change the way that certain films are made change the way that um you know certain even certain genres or films have made i mean people are gonna go it's kind of a now an all-out battle between everyone which i think like having it separated into camps of like men and women yeah like it kept it separate now it's gonna be like a Oh shit. <laughs> it makes me so cool. the other thing that we're not talking about here is there is like the best supporting actor category. True. Which, you know, so it's like there is still that prestige and all that kind of stuff, but Totally. I mean, maybe it's just like the creation of like a third or a fourth kind of acting award like now I'm getting like but I like the thing that comes to my mind is like a best ensemble or something yeah. that's more, you know, that's still about acting but in a different how about we finally get like a you know motion capture 
acting award or something, you or, know, like let's yeah. break it into like a what's that motion capture is not that what's the one that uh, Andy Serkis is always pushing for. No, that would be in motion capture. Yeah, okay. But I don't know what he. I don't know if he calls it something yeah. different. Um, but it is still technically. But like performance yeah. as a CG character, like yeah. Gollum or Caesar from Planet of the Apes, things like that. You know, like why not? If we're worried about like constricting the number of awards given out, like let's get creative. Let's yeah. talk about that. Let's because that changes the scope too. Because then suddenly someone who wants to win an Oscar might go, you know, I could probably knock like a cg character out of the park yes you know if you and you get like a you know a matt damon or something oh my god matt damon uh you get a a matt damon making a a cameo uh as like a motion capture character or something like that and then that gets nominated like i'd be into that if it instead of a gendered kind of thing it was a more nuanced look into acting as it were yeah I think that's a great idea. And I think that there's a lot of room in these academies as it is to do all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. even like adding stunt people in there, voice acting, like there's a bunch of stuff that people, yeah. you know, that should be in these conversations also. Um, I can't believe there's not a stunt. Like, It's truly award. insane that there's not a stunt acting yeah. award. I think it one like was given as like kind of like a, oh, you know, we have to get, we're going to give you this because it's yeah. insane. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe that that's not a thing that, yeah. that makes me, that's just infuriating. <laughs> Although would Tom Cruise win it every year for Mission Impossible? Uh, uh, how do we, how do we bring up Mission Impossible every episode of because, this podcast? <laughs> because Tom Cruise, as, <sighs> as unlikable or as ridiculous as he is as a person is so prevalent all the goddamn time in That's Hollywood <laughs> that there's just no getting around it. Even during COVID, who's the one person making a fucking movie? Oh, it's Tom Cruise. Of yeah. course it is. Who's going to space this year? Oh, it's fucking Tom Cruise. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, who's doing Top Gun? <sighs> Tom Cruise. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Tom Cruise did Top Gun a long time ago. I know, but he's doing <laughs> a, a... Yeah. It only works with Tom Cruise in it, and the fact that he's in it just means we That's have true. to talk about it more. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'd be down. I'd be down to see this kind of evolve. Um, oh yeah. And in that same vein, like if they're gonna do that, like let's fuck it. Like let's look at all of these different things. Like let's pull in a stunt actor. What? Like there's no reason you can, except for like length of broadcast. Sure. Which like, hey, stream it, and it becomes not a problem anymore. That's the only concern I have that's like, you know, what and like they give out a ton of technical awards yeah. not on the broadcast anyway. So like shut up about it, producers of the Oscars. And there's so much fucking filler, or they're not this yeah. year, but the pri- previous years, there's so much filler. It's like, okay, yeah. you really can't actually give people the accolades they deserve. And giving out more awards just means the quality of everything just goes up because people are trying more. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to give out a stunt award, that year would be the most insane fucking year or the next year actually technically would be the ne- would be the most insane year of stunts fucking ever because people Well, and <laughs> you want to get really deep into it. It's yeah. like you start giving out a stunt Oscar. I don't know how we got the stunt Oscar, but like you start giving out a stunt Oscar, like it raises awareness of stunt people. Yes. You get new people that are like, oh, wait, I could be a stunt person. And then you get just like an elevation in the industry as a whole. And then you're getting way more dope stunts. Yep. Like, it's just like that's it's like and I guess this can can be like a a tie in back to our actual subject here. But like representation, like is important on that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, you know, whether it's, you know, a, this is I can't believe I'm making this net this whether it's a stunt person or if you're like it's recognition of like a gender non-binary performance or something like that, that doesn't necessarily need to be like, Oh, well do you get the actress or the actor award? Like, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just make it. Well, no, I, I totally hear you. I mean, just making a best performance type thing. Yeah. It's, it's best of why do you have to be best of this specific, you know, social class that we've created for you. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Exactly. exactly. Um, so. 
but yeah. So, I mean, this stuff is inevitably going to happen because they're getting so much backlash on it. And for good yeah. reason. I mean, it's fucking absurd as we just spent half an hour talking about. So, it, it's going to happen. I'm just very curious to see what, how the industry pivots to cater to this now. Yeah. Because it's going to be a huge change. People are probably going to be like, well, now I have to go up against everybody in the industry, not yeah. just <laughs> people who, you know. Yeah. It's one of those. It's like it is going to be a big change, but also just like just do it. Just fucking do it. Just make the switch. People will freak out for a year and then it'll be like, okay, fine. So. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of people freaking out over stuff. Yeah. There's been some very interesting <laughs> controversy. This is not how I thought this talking about Tony Bourdain <laughs> was going to go, yeah. but it's like, so, <laughs> um, Anthony Bourdain, who passed away a couple years back now, mm-hmm. uh, beloved chef, uh, TV personality, just a stand-up guy, and just in, just incredible on the camera, and just yeah. overall, I feel like his wisdom was all-encompassing. It was weird, and yeah, and so real, like just like yeah. brutally genuine, like brutally f- genuine, yeah, totally. And you felt it, like so many people felt it when he passed away. That it was, it was like Steve Irwin. It was like a different kind of person that yeah. was like, no, you're not just a celebrity. You're, you're we we lost something real here yeah um but he what was it called what was the documentary called i can't i don't think i have it uh the documentary is called um roadrunner a film about anthony bourdain yes so he was featured in well a film about him called roadrunner um uh produced and directed by morgan neville which was essentially just kind of like a a about his life. I've got yeah. that right, I think, right? Yeah. And do you about, know... Yeah, it's about him, basically. Yeah. And like, you know, his influence and all that kind of... What yeah. it was like being him kind of thing. Exactly. Which, as we just said, it was... He was a different kind of celebrity. And yeah. something that, you know, we everyone felt when, when he passed. Um, do you want to explain why... <laughs> what's so weird about this documentary? <laughs> so... There are three lines in this documentary voiced by Anthony Bourdain, basically reading, I I think it was emails that he had written. Yeah. The issue is those three lines were never said by Anthony Bourdain. They are digitally created by sampling other parts of his vocal speech and not just like cutting together words, but actually fed into an AI and just basically like created in his voice, completely fake something that he never said. Yeah. Pretty much. It's like a deep fake of audio. Like yeah. Deep fed, fake. Like yeah. That was the phrase. 10 hours for. of 10 hours of his audio into this computer that could now essentially just talk like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what a lot of people are saying of like, well, you could make him say anything now. Yeah. So it's 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 brought up this huge ethical dilemma of is it okay or is it not okay in a documentary standpoint, in any kind of filmmaking standpoint in society, et cetera, to generate something that people haven't said or done to further the story along of your um, of your piece. Where do you come down on this, Josh? I'm going to make you go first. Well, it's interesting because in general, it freaks me out because it's just like, well, yes. we're getting to the point where you can just make anybody do and say whatever you want them to do and say, having never met them before, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but it, when it comes to documentary... It's weird because where do you draw the line? If someone's not super familiar with documentary, there's, you may think that it's just, oh, this is everything. They're they're presenting you with 100% of the facts. There's no bias here. We're just getting basically exactly what happened, which is just not true pretty much all the time. There's always a bias when it comes to documentaries. I mean, Errol Morris is one of my favorite filmmakers of all time. Every one of his documentaries is like obscenely biased to the point yeah. it's like w- w- you you have no clue really what these people are saying. And that's what's interesting to me. He will, and other people too, they'll 
cut things out of context and put something mm-hmm. here and like kind of put put some facts over here. I mean, they usually won't cut anything like lie straight to you. Yeah. But they'll, you know, there's scenes where they've put some ditzy music behind someone to make them seem really stupid and it just comes off mm-hmm. as really stupid. So this almost to me falls right in line with that type of thing where it's yeah. like he didn't say it out loud, but he did write it down and had none of this come out. Would anyone have noticed or cared? I, I don't really know necessarily. So I think it's it, it's a dangerous place to be in. Yeah. But for documentary, it's not something that surprises me in the slightest, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's kind of where I fall to. I mean, the whole deep fake thing and all that is terrifying in its own right and like has weird, intense implications of you know, a lot of the arguments I've been seeing about this stuff is like, well, so like at what point do you draw that line? Like at what point where you're like, oh, well, you know, Tom Cruise couldn't be on set today. Yeah. So we just used his stuntman. Oh, man, I'm tying back to all this stuff. You look at that. Uh, and deep callbacks, him. folks. <laughs> yeah. And deep faked him on and like, you know, we didn't even need him for this stuff. So like, what's it Matt? like, uh, you know, we're, so, so why we're are we paying pay him $20 yeah. million? Dollars. Yeah. Um, and then you're getting into whole things of like, you know, well, now we can just make movies on a computer completely, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. in terms of this particular situation, like, yeah, I'm in that same like vein of every documentary has a built in bias. You know, it's part of storytelling. If you're telling a story, you inherently have to direct the listener or the viewer into, you know, the path that you're trying to weave. Yeah. And I will give like uh, Morgan Neville credit to a degree. Like he has been very upfront about this. Yeah. You know, that's like, yeah, like three of these lines are fake, are AI. And that to me is like a much more ethical approach to this. If he was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put it in and then we'll release it. And then if like, if this came out six months after the movie came out. Yeah. That's a bit of a different conversation. Totally. Because that's straight up fabricating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even... But only to a point of how yeah. it was said. It's This is the weirdest gray area I think we've ever come across on this show. Yeah. Where it's like, where, do you, where is the line and did he even cross a line there? Yeah. I feel like a lot of the uproar is because the implications of this are really scary. Yeah. But... Overall, this particular situation, I think, is not that crazy. No, no. You know, it's I put it in the same category of like, yeah, like, so he fed it into an AI and spit out the lines. But like, also, he could have gone through everything Anthony Bourdain's ever said, found those six words he wanted and like cut them together. And it wouldn't be as clean and seamless. But like, that's honestly what like a lot of CG is used for is to clean things up and make it like nicer or more fluid and like it's just yeah. a polish on the film and i'm like i that i i can't really fault them for you know right um so it but it's yeah it's it's very it's very gray it's like it's a moving line this same situation could have been a very a much larger problem oh god yeah and it's it, there's also levels to it because anthony Wardane's not alive anymore and can't disagree with this and right. can't voice a an opinion and there's been a lot of people saying like oh yeah i knew anthony bourdain he'd be fine with this or no there's no way he'd be fine with this and that i think is is part of the problem too of people it's it's all people trying to speak for anthony bourdain which is exactly you know. when it when it comes to stuff like this it's like intention like yeah. did, was this malicious was this somebody trying to you know, completely yeah. lied to a whole group of people, or was this some? Was this tr- simply a way of getting information? Yeah, a storytelling tool. Yeah, yeah. And in this and I don't case, know, I, I don't think know it was. We, but I don't know if we mentioned, but like the the things that he's reading are lines from emails that Anthony Bourdain actually wrote. So right. it sounds like he's narrating the emails that he actually wrote. So there is like a level of like he did say it, just like not verbally right um which then it's like well well did he want to say them a lot like did he ever want yeah. these to come out and be spoken aloud which is a whole you, you, there's no yeah answer to that that's an but now we're question. just yeah but like now we're just getting into the the standard issues of ethics with documentary right. filmmaking you know what i mean like that's a question like 
how you represent someone who's no longer here yeah is something that documentarians have to deal with anyway yeah i don't know i kind of see it just as like a storytelling tool that i'm like hey if you if that's available to you dope yeah the implications are terrifying but say are they right but this doesn't change that this just yeah. shows people that it i mean we already knew it could be done though so it's not this isn't showing yeah. us anything new it's just kind of using it in a really interesting way i guess yeah. and again intention i don't think this was malicious i haven't seen the film yet but i can only assume it's kind of celebrating anthony yeah. bourdain so you know and again it's not like they wrote three lines and then just fed the ai this and they said them it's like no he he did write them yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to intention and people are, like you said, people are trying to be frustrated on the behalf of someone who can't defend themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that there's not really a place for that, especially if they're not trying to do something bad. Like, this is something that should be good. It's a celebration yeah. of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If they were trying to make it something he wasn't, that's a whole nother argument. But. Exactly. I don't know. I, I want to see it. I want to. I, I don't even know if I'll be able to tell. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious, but I'm not going to look at what the lines are. I kind of want to see it and see if I can. Uh, yeah, even tell. I feel like I. I mean, <laughs> from what I've heard, people seem to be saying like, "Yeah, you." Can, uh, there's nothing that I could hear that was like sounded different. But then, you know, I don't know if they've officially said which, like, what the line. I don't think so. I hope they yeah. don't. I really hope they don't. That would be yeah. Because then you're going to get the nerds that are like, I picked apart each individual wavelength and I can tell you exactly where the, and it's like, okay. And it's like, uh, (laughs) um, yes. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I will, I am after reading this news and not to be like cynical, but after reading this news, I am definitely more intrigued to see the movie. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't know this was coming really. So, um, we 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 said before on this podcast that no news isn't always good news anymore. But wait, no, that's not what we said. All press is good press. That's what I'm going for. Okay. I think what I have no news is good news is what I have in my head. You know, that is yeah, also yeah, yeah, a yeah. saying. But I'm like, but that's not the one I was yeah. trying to. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. But no, like all press is good press is like, you know, I think we've talked about on this podcast before. Like, not really anymore. But right, right. But in this case, like, I think this is. You know, controversial, yes, but also really good for the the film. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many more people are probably going to stream this just because Just of so this? they can like, be like, <laughs> that was totally the line that was faked. Yeah. Like, I knew, I could tell, and then they'll never release the three yeah. lines, and everyone will be just speculation. Yeah. Speaking of speculation, kind of. That's a deep. And streaming. And streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Th- sure. You know? Yeah. So our third topic today is an interesting article. Again, like I said at the top, not really a a topic per se, but an interesting thought that was presented of all of these streaming companies that are putting out a ton, a ton, a ton of original content aren't really establishing any major new filmmakers in the space. To my knowledge, anyway. I mean, I'm sure as we're talking. Well, that's the. yeah. Yeah. Um. But we are always talking about, you know, David Fincher doing Mank or, um, you know, Martin Scorsese doing The Irishman or uh, Zack Snyder doing Justice League. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, these are all big names, but big names that were established before, like, the big streaming world kind of exploded. And I don't know of... I can't think of anyone of any film I've seen original on a, on a streaming platform. That's like, Oh, this is a new director to watch. Yeah. Or more to the point. I can't think of anyone. Yeah. Or that they've started and they're like, Oh yeah, this is the guy who directed this movie, this Netflix movie. And now he's got this huge, huge project. Um, Yeah. Which is really interesting to me. And I don't really know why. Well, it's weird because like you brought up Fincher and Scorsese and Snyder and like there's been a handful like Aaron Sorkin did one and mm-hmm. it's like but none of those Soderberg. movies Soderbergh yeah 
and this it might might not even be connected, but none of those movies are like even close to their best work, in my opinion. That's like, fair. Truly, not even close. Not even top ten. Probably not even in the discussion. Like no sudden move. We were just talking about before. It's a it's a good movie. Is it one of Soderbergh's top five movies? No. Definitely not. Yeah. Top ten, probably not even. He's made thirty movies, as we said earlier. Yeah. Um, but so, I, I don't know. I that 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 was kind of like a random thought. Well, but, yeah, but I mean, it, it's 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 definitely true. I mean, you think of like Mank, or you think of um, Aaron Sorkin's an interesting case because like. Yeah, I suppose like the trial of the Chicago seven would be, I mean, that's his second feature film that he directed Molly's yeah. game being the first, uh, yeah. which was a traditional studio release, but like Aaron Sorkin would almost fit into this category, but also it's Aaron Sorkin. So like, no, like, no, right. You know what I mean? Like he's well, well known as a writer and it's, he happens to be making the jump to, to streaming. Um, Right, but even but but even as a writer, this wasn't obviously yeah. it can't be like his best work because like there's nothing will compare to a lot of the, the sure. early stuff oh, he yeah. did. But it's just interesting because I'm like they didn't this is they didn't have any sort of constraints a lot of times when it came to these comes to these films. I mean, yeah. the Snyder cut was Zack Snyder doing whatever he wanted to recutting a film that he was supposed to have done. Yeah, like these are completely you know you can kind of do what you want and yet we're not getting their best shit. I don't know why that is. And again, this is kind of off the topic, but it just was interesting to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so the other thing that's sort of, I was, when we were thinking, when I was thinking about this is, are these films like we've talked before on this podcast about how like Netflix will kind of buy something and then just like onto the platform, you know, no real, uh, no ad campaign, no, no huge, Blitz or anything like that um mm-hmm. unless there's like potentially an oscar in there but i feel like even then it's like hey here's we're gonna recruit this established talent to do this kind of stuff um mm-hmm. so it's like is that sort of the problem that we're running into of there are good films that are getting made but they're not getting viewed as much and even more than that like people aren't taking note of who's directing them there's a potential for that for sure because like when we're bringing up streaming i can't even think like when it comes to new filmmakers i can't think of a lot of films specifically there's a lot of shows that have taken me completely Mm -hmm. off my feet but films there's not a lot that i've been like wow this is going to be something that i play in my rotation for the next 20 years yeah not in all of streaming i'm like really so I don't even know, I don't even know where to go from there. Is it, are they saving their shit for the theater still? Is that where we're still at? Is they're they're literally taking stuff that may like like those two movies that just came out, Infinite with Wahlberg and uh, the Tomorrow War or whatever yeah. with Chris Pratt, two massive blockbuster movies starring two of the biggest stars in the world right now. Yeah, dumped on platforms with literally pr- like a week's worth of promo yeah. on only Amazon. So it's like what. What the heck? And I don't know who made either of those movies. It could have been fucking Doug Lyman or nobody. Who knows? Yeah. Um, the Tomorrow War was directed by Chris McKay. Oh, yeah. Who did, directed the Lego Batman movie? Ah, uh, see, I didn't even see that. I interesting. What? See what? <laughs> yeah. Right there, I'm like, what? That n- none of those words you just said made any sense to me. <laughs> that I actually kind of want to do some research on and be like all of these like big movies that are coming out that I'm like, I don't know who on earth directed that. Like who directed these? Like, is it like names that I'm like, Oh wait, I do know all of these people that have been directing these just like I, they've just never come on my radar because the projects that they do are smaller or like don't get a lot of press. Like, I mean, potentially, but that doesn't even try. I mean, so it, here's a question. Is the marketability of filmmakers going down? Or or do you think that's the the viewpoint of the streaming platforms? Because it seems like not a lot of people are, are marketing based on like a filmmaker or a producer. A lot of yeah. a lot of it in the, you know, 
10 years ago was from the producer of these five movies. And it yeah. didn't matter if it was Shyamalan who had said, like, if the produ- the director of Airbender, they would put the director of The Last Airbender on there as a yeah. selling point. Yeah. That doesn't really happen anymore. Even for some yeah, of these bigger I mean, name things. I think, like, a few, if, if it is, like, an established one, like, I watched the the trailer for old Shyamalan's new new film. And that has that on so there. so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really I like, stoked for that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I think it's next, I think it's this week. I think it comes out on Friday. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> like, that's one of those, it had in their trailer, like, from the director of The Sixth Sense and Split, which I'm like, yeah. okay, well, The Sixth Sense was, like, 20 years ago. Um, I know. <laughs> and Split is at least five or six at this point, I think. So, like. And not the best movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what else you're putting in M. Night Shyamalan's like, list there. Like, The Lady in the Water. Hey, The Village, the vi- the village, I like village the is village. terrible. No. I like The Village Boo. for what it is. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's not a horror movie, but I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think it was, I think it had clever moments. Okay. Fine. Okay. Ooh, do we have um, Snyder levels of disagreement with uh, the Shamhammer, too? We may, because I think Shyamalan, every like five movies has one where I'm like, okay. Okay, and I think old. <laughs> I think he's ready for one. I think old okay. looks just okay. weird enough where he may be able to, may be able to nail it. But that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Wait, Infinite was directed by Antoine Fuqua. Oh, what? So, okay. So I think this is what we're getting to. Is I think the who directed it is becoming less relevant to these. Is almost not relevant to these streaming companies yeah down to the fact of and this drives me crazy but like down to the fact of when it ends they minimize the input like do you want to play this and roll the credits in the corner um true which is a huge pet peeve of mine and i usually click back to like watch what i can um mm-hmm. the only reason the only way that doesn't happen is if there's a post-credit scene um mm-hmm. but like yeah it's like one of those that like i i think as much as like actors don't carry movies anymore like you don't necessarily go to see like the new scarlett johansson movie or the new um i want to say will smith but like i think he's one of the only ones that still has that kind of well maybe not even that but like so like the new i don't know yeah he's been in a real shit streak the last 10 years so i don't know um but like that's a big shift that's happened is it's it's more about the ip than it is about the um the the names attached and i think that's i think what we're uncovering here is that that as much as it's true for actors is also true for directors unless they're huge act huge directors that are established from the time when names were way more important right which is why you still have like quentin and yeah. scorsese but these are guys that take five to ten years to make a movie sometimes yeah. so you're or not gonna Soderberg. see a sc- or Soderbergh, yeah. Who makes one um, every six months. True. He, he makes one every six months. But <laughs> He has but, another one uh, coming out in like August. I know. This guy can't be stopped. He literally, he just loves making movies and I can't fault him for it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were talking before the, the recording. Uh, Soderbergh has made 33 feature films. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Tarantino has made nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. nine. So just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. That felt um, like shade on Tarantino. That's not shade on Tarantino. I'm just like, oh yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, I dare you to pick a bad Tarantino. Movie. Yeah, I, I'm. Just I'm just impossible. trying to highlight the number of films that Soderbergh has made. It's insane. Exactly, and when it comes to records, I mean, Soderbergh doesn't have a flawless record. Tarantino sure. is probably the closest director to get to a point of like you really can't pick a movie of his and go that was not a hit. Very not, true. That one didn't hit. Yeah. Um. Which that doesn't happen that often, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's also like the volume of things that come out. It's like, well, we can't have yeah Nolan Fincher. Like, I hate that I keep just just naming male uh, directors. That's what I'm like just realizing right well, so, now. So, <laughs> like, Chloe Zhao is a, an interesting question, not question, yeah. but like, is an interesting example in this capacity because, like, she wasn't on my radar before the Oscars this year. Um, right. And Nomadland was a streaming release, right? Yeah. Right. Prime. Yeah. Was it intentionally or was it? I don't COVID-ed? know if that was the, I think it was coveted, but that was, it did premiere on yeah. Prime and I did not hear shit about it. 
Yeah. So that's the interesting thing is like the only reason that's really on our radar is because of the Oscars. Yeah. And that might shift when the Eternals comes out, when she like has this massive property. True. true. Um, you know, she might become a bigger name there. A la like the Russo brothers or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, so let me, let me prompt you with this. Cause I'm like, I've been chewing it on my head as we've been talking. Like, are there certain directors that like have come on your radar in the past few years like streaming or not that are just like you know we're talking about how like names might not be as important anymore are there certain directors that you're like no this is a person that i've definitely picked up on in the past four or five years uh yes but i don't know if that's attributed to anything specific like alma harrell who did honey boy has Mm -hmm. been on my just because of that movie i'm now like super into everything she has to do sure. the safty brothers with uncut gems is yep. another one that i had no idea about until i saw that and then i watched good time and a bunch of their other stuff mm-hmm. um but again the reason i know about those guys the uh the safties and alma is because of the academy awards yeah. like it's because both of those movies were up for massive awards and they got a critical acclaim so like yeah. it it can only be attributed to that kind of stuff yeah. you know but I don't, I can't, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch, but I can't, off the top of my head, those are the only two ones that like really, truly, well, actually, no, I knew about Bong Joon-ho before that, but he became more sure. in my, in my line of sight. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? I don't know. Well, so, I mean, I like a lot of the same ones, like the Safety Brothers and the, the other one that I have in my, in my head, uh, that I'm not going to pronounce correctly is, is Yorgos lanthimos lanthamos he did he did uh, he does a lot of a24 movies he did the lobster killing of a sacred deer dog tooth oh hell yeah uh, the favorite okay from a f- couple of years ago um cool so he's like a really unique kind of filmmaker but like i know about him because i watched one of his movies and was like this movie's really good i have to find out who this guy is right and not because well i guess that's how it always works but like not because it was like oh like like, I guess the movies are coming before the director. Whereas like when it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. here's a Tarantino movie, I'm like, well, it's a Tarantino movie. Of course I'm going to go see it. It's like. Right. Say less. Like yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those interesting because like the other thing I'm debating now in my head is like, well, how did Fincher and Tarantino and Scorsese and all of them get to this status to begin with? I mean, they're all like, they've all been in the business for 30, 40 years at this point. Um, sure. Not all, but I'm generalizing. Uh, yeah. Most of them though. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but how did they get to this status? Like it's over the course of, of a long career, but I think it was easier to stand up apart from the crowd back then because way easier. Like, cause like we've said countless times in this podcast, we're all drowning in content these days. And like, so it's, it's way harder to stand apart from the pack. And like, so that's the kind of thing that's to tie back. We, I think we've talked about this before, but like wherein a director makes a really good film and then it's, it steps up to, um, okay, now they're going to be rewarded for that really good film with a, uh, like a Marvel property or a DC property or something like that. Like that's Mm -hmm. kind of the stepping stone that's going to like bring these names up now, which is a weird kind of thing because I can't imagine like. Scorsese being like, oh yeah, I got to know Scorsese because he directed Deadpool three, um, right? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, like one of those kind of, and it could be you know the greatest movie of all time, but it's there's like a weird qualifier of that of like, well, this is like an established IP, and now the, I'm I'm on a tangent here that I'm trying to weave back, but no, um, I'm following you. Yeah, it's it's an interesting like like there aren't as many names coming out of these streaming services these days, but also like there isn't the same conditions that all of these huge directors we know had to be, to stand apart from the crowd. Totally. I mean, and honestly you bringing it back to Marvel is interesting because like we talked about, I think last week, Marvel is not the place to flex your creative muscles. So like Chloe Zhao, this is going to be, I'm so excited to see the Eternals because yeah. I think that of all the new movies coming out or the last, you know, yeah. whatever it was, 10 years of Marvel, 
that's going to be the one that I think is going to stand out the most visually, tonally, and everything directorial-wise. Just because I think she's more of... um, I think she... Her directing style doesn't... Isn't like a lot of the other people they've chosen. Yeah. Um, But I think it's it's really weird because... Yeah, you get a Marvel property, but that doesn't help you stand out necessarily. It might make you go, oh, you can do this really well. Yeah. But what sets Ultron, mm-hmm. like uh, Age of Ultron, like what sets that apart from like Iron Man 3 or I'm trying to think of like a, you know, the the not so amazing one. Like not nothing really sets those apart to like yeah. f- in terms of the filmmaking. Yeah. The acting is pretty standard across the board, but... I didn't walk away from that going, whoa, like, yeah, there was something magnificent happened on the screen. It's just like kind of a cog in the whole, you know, in the machine. Yeah, it's like a lot of the appeal to uh, Endgame or things like that is the tie ins from other projects and other films and like how that sort of the payoff of that. Yeah. Like, so. So it's I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to. As with everything here, I'm interested to see what the next probably decade of filmmaking looks like for new budding filmmakers because it made me really sad when we were talking about, like, thinking about this episode or this specific topic earlier because I'm like, oh, shit, I don't know anyone. (laughs) I can't think of a single name that's, you know, kind of come up through this streaming uh, monopoly. Yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's one of those things that we're in a young, like, we're still young in its dominance, you know? But, yeah, I don't don't know that it's going to be something that, like, really elevates filmmakers, necessarily. Um, Yeah. Which is an interesting, sad story. Yeah. And just another quick thing. I think, like, stuff like The Mandalorian... Mm-hmm. could have been good for that because they they kind of did a you know new director every episode type of deal and yeah. it was very you could kind of see like when Robert Rodriguez did his episode I was like you oh, can tell okay. it was very clearly Robert Rodriguez doing this yeah. and same when Favreau did his I'm like very you can clearly see but you're also bringing a knowledge base of their styles true very Which true is, you know yeah um, TV is a weird thing too because I mean like how many episodes of TV can you say like Oh, this was directed by somebody I know. True, you know? like a a handful. And like, here I'm and there, sure like- <laughs> there's a ton. You know what I mean? Like, I know Tarantino's gone in and directed like episodes of stuff, or like, um, yeah. there's like Rodriguez does it. Like, you know, Fincher did the first episodes of uh, House of Cards and all that kind of like stuff. That's like, yep. yeah, like there are these famous directors that do episodic stuff as well. And I'm sure every director like will end up doing something episodic, especially how the industry is, but like, is that something that audiences are going to be like, that was a really good episode of this show. Let me figure out who directed it like that. That I find, I think is going to have a harder connection. True. So very true. So it's a streaming has upset a lot of different aspects of the filmmaking world. (laughs) And we're, just, and we're, we're, we're finding our corrective, our corrections. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it'll take some time. The film industry is, if nothing in a extreme state of flux these past few years. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, for people who love movies and, and TV, it's, it's, it's almost fun to watch, but also kind of scary to watch at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, um, I think... I think that's gonna bring us bring us home here, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that's pretty much what we got. It's a lot of a lot of deep conversations today. It's good though. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's like, I mean, it's it's better than being like. I was gonna say it's better than like being like, oh man, how great was that trailer? But that's totally a lot of fun too. Yeah, and we do that like every pretty yeah. much every episode. So. <laughs> Um, so let's just, let's get into the recommendations then. You got one for this week, Willis? I do, but it's super obvious. Um, I'm legit recommending Loki to anyone who hasn't watched it. Nice. Um, I know it's like probably a fair amount of people who listen to this have watched it. Um, but if you have any love of Tom Hiddleston, uh, 
it's fantastic just to watch him and it actually plays with some really nice kind of stuff uh plays with a lot of time travel kind of things which is you know um but then the the final episode i think and i won't say anything for fear of spoilers but the final episode is something that could not be could not have been done by lesser actors um one in particular uh is just one of the most amazing it's like 15 minutes of people sitting in a room and it's absolutely just like captivating um so i i i want to i want to shut that out and i want to make sure that that gets seen by everybody even if you're not a huge mcu person which i don't know how many of these episodes you listen to if you're not a huge mcu person but um, true what the heck <laughs> uh so it, it's yeah it's there's some great stuff going on in that in that show and speaking of uh of new directors shout out kate heron fantastic job yes. director of the every single i believe every single episode mm-hmm. of loki um crushed it i can't say yeah. enough good things about it yeah from everything down performances to like just like the visuals the sets the it's it's cinematography great. i'm like yeah. oh everything the, the the score the vfx i mean yeah yeah just go watch loki yeah. for god's sakes please what do you got josh I have something not quite as exciting, but something that I watched uh, probably a week ago, and it's you know it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's a film by Wes Anderson called The Darjeeling Limited. I don't nice. know if you've seen this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, it is a film that doesn't. I mean, it's clearly once you watch it, and if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, it's very clearly by him. But tonally, and uh, sort of stylistically, it shifts a bit into more of a uh, dr- dramatic narrative kind of kind of mm-hmm. a film that doesn't necessarily follow his larger say. than life whimsical yeah. almost almost dreamlike feeling um, but it stars Owen Wilson hey look at that Owen Wilson is hey. in both things look at that uh, Adrian wow. Brody is also in it Jason Schwartzman is also in it you know the three of his main uh, his usual suspects that yes. Anderson loves to use uh, they play three brothers who basically following the passing of their father have to or decide to go on a spiritual train journey around India um, on a train called the Darjeeling Limited and it is a beautiful film about grief and overindulgence and spirituality and it's just you know it's just a fantastic movie um and it also feels like he's taking himself a little bit more seriously as a director on this mm-hmm. one which is cool um, I saw this in film school actually, and we saw there's there there's a little bit of homework on this one. So if if you if you want to watch it, there's also a short film that's a precursor to it that is called The Hotel Chevalier. Yeah, and um, yeah, and that's just like a ten minute long short that that's a, a prequel to that. And it's just yeah, if you love yeah. Wes Anderson or if you don't. I don't care. Watch Still great filmmaking. Yeah. Beautiful. It's not streaming free anywhere. Unfortunately, you do have to rent it, but you can find it on Apple TV, Prime, and YouTube for like four bucks. So just cool. do it. Four bucks. Come on. All right. Yeah. Cool. So I think that'll bring us home. Uh, yeah. Good episode. I feel good about that one. I do too. Um, we're getting we're getting getting better at these. We're finding it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So Josh, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me online on Twitter at Josh Fuller 33 with no E. And you can also find me on Instagram at Josh J Fuller. Uh, where can people find you Willis? Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Willis film. Uh, and Josh, every time you say your username, I always imagine that it's Josh Fuller 33 with no E, but like with no Spelled E out. right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not that maybe that's why I haven't gotten any new followers. That's a know. very long Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> Or speaking of Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, our Instagram handle is at Pixel Splitters, just like the name of the show. And our Twitter handle is at Pixel Split Pod. So tweet at us. Uh, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't, um, any information. Yeah. Uh, and we will uh, duly note it. And Exactly. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> and, and, we'll it, note it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that sounded like that felt like ominous. Like I was gonna be like, and then we'll just like tell the like tell you to fuck off. Like, but yeah, no, we're just we'll, gonna like just leave us one so that we can feel validated. We're open least. to feedback, guys. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Tell us what we're doing wrong. 
constructive criticism. Yeah. And, you know. Um, and that. then I'll, I'll, I'll end it up here uh, with just what I think is just a little tease of um, Josh and I have been talking. We're looking at a couple other kind of little aspects yeah. of the pixel splitters world. Um, yeah. And there's, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. We, we got a little couple things cooking. Yeah, more fun things. So yeah. please stay tuned. All the movie and TV and tech news that you can. We didn't talk about any tech news today, Josh. No, but no. we didn't. I feel like we're getting more into the film industry gritty yeah. stuff, which I'm. I like yeah, that stuff. When true. we have something really weird, we'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the C9. Uh, oh, good. good. Uh, all right. Uh, cool. All right. Well, good talking <laughs> to you as always, Josh. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Thank you all for listening, guys.